And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. One of my favorite quotes is from Walt Disney. All of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Notice that we have to have the courage to pursue them, and courage is all about facing our fears. On today's episode, we're going to discuss following your dreams, not your fears. And to help me with this awesome topic, I want to welcome my dear friend, Anna Maria. Anna Maria, it's great to have you here today. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. And this is such a beautiful topic, especially now that the new year has just began and all of us are in this beautiful state of dreams and wishes and intentions. And what we're going to do is to show our audience how to convert our New Year's resolutions into permanent solutions. (laughs) New Year's resolutions into permanent solutions. I love that idea because most of us, we make those resolutions, right? And then usually within the first couple of days, we've stopped doing those those things. So I think this is a great way to start out the new year. So let me ask you, what about this topic about following your dreams, not your fears, truly resonates with you? This is such a great question. And my immediate intuitive response is that it, it's dreaming is wired in my in my being. Uh, some of us were born dreamers and some of us were born more analytical. And nevertheless, all of us have an inner child that is fully capable of dreaming. And I have always been a dreamer to the point of my friends uh, making fun of me for always, you know, having my head in the clouds. And something that I created for people to fully understand the difference between dreaming and becoming the manifestation of your dreams is that dreamers dream, doers do, and dreamers who dare to do the impossible change the world. Doers who dare to do the impossible change worlds. I like that. And I've always known there's people that get a bad rap for being a dreamer, right? Because, you know, they always have these great ideas and they never make them happen. I think the biggest thing that we can do and that actually we do as coaches when we work with people is to help people make that transition to go from not just a dreamer with the ideas and the ambitions and the want, but actually going out and dreaming and turning those dreams into reality by doing, by taking that action. So I think that's something that maybe we can get into today because a lot of things stop us from taking action, right? Absolutely. And and this is such an important reminder that it is the action that uh, fulfills the dream. However, not any action. And this is 
why this conversation can be um, illuminating, hopefully, for our audience, because a lot of people are can be so focused on the action, which is still, of course, is so much better than being uh, inactive and, and doing nothing. Of course, taking action is always superior than not, not taking action. What is even better and more fulfilling and, and more uh, productive is to take an aligned action and to uncover the why underneath your decisions, intentions, dreams. In other words, what is it that you truly desire and why? And I feel like a lot of people forget to fully dismantle the concept of dreams. Why do they want to be successful? Why do they want to be in a relationship with a dream partner? Why do, why do they want a career change or um, a higher pay or more money in general or a better looking body or a better health? All of these things, why is it important to you to accomplish your dreams? That is where I think the why is more important sometimes than the how. Actually, not just sometimes, but it's always more important because we have to know why we want these things. You know, we can say, well, I want to have have a million dollars. I want to make a million dollars. I want to become a millionaire. Well, why do you want to do that? And a lot of times we really, really have to go deep to find out what the real reason is. Because if I ask you that question, right, if I were to ask you why you want to do something, the first couple of times you're going to tell me something that you think I want to hear, but it's not until you kind of drill in and dig really deep and really connect with that why when you get to those real answers at the root level. So one of the things that I have learned, you know, I learned this from uh, Dean Graziosi, is it's called seven levels deep. And that is where you go seven levels deep when it comes to your why. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to take action? And when you really know what that why is, the how will suddenly appear before you. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, you said something very interesting, how sometimes people say what they think is expected of them. And because they come from a very vast background in behavioral psychology and transformational coaching with NLP, for me, making sure that people understand their personality type is even more important for their manifestation. Why? Again, because people who have people-pleasing patterns are generally more inclined to follow the pack or to do what is expected of them or to do what their parents wanted, wanted them to do or what their partner wants them to do and so forth. Whereas people who are high achievers by nature, like me, I'm high achiever and, and you probably, uh, we are generally speaking, very self-motivated and self-reliant. And a question I get asked all the time from, from clients or from other uh, coaches that I work with is the difference between a high achiever and a people pleaser and how do people pleasers fulfill their dreams versus how do high achievers fulfill their dreams? So let me give you a very specific example that hopefully is going to help people to first understand their motivation and how does their motivation influence their dreams. So for example, a people pleaser who was raised in an environment when the parents were always, one of the parents, for example, was uh, more dismissive or uh, the other parent was the one, um, the breadwinner. And what this dichotomy creates in the psyche of the little child is that you're either the breadwinner or you are the quote-unquote inferior. When I say inferior, we're, we're, we're speaking in terms of how people perceive themselves. And what happens is that, for example, women, women 
tend to um, have people-pleasing patterns more often than men. And women may uh, become less uh, less empowered in their ability to stand up for what they believe in because it's always someone they need to take care of, uh, their children, their partner, and so forth. Whereas high achievers, for example, are usually raised in, a, in an environment when their parents wanted them to excel at school or and to bring good grades. And even though this is a very good motivation for kids, if kids are not given enough love and support, they may start fearing that they're never good enough. Oh, I'm I'm getting straight A's and my parents is too critical of me, or I am making six or seven figures and I'm still not good enough. And in this situation, it's so important to source your motivation from what is it that you need to fulfill in yourself first you find that wholeness and just to sum up what i said high achievers tend to fixate on how could they be better which again it it sounds alluring for some people however you really have to understand that unless you decide you're good enough no external fulfillment is going to fill that void whereas people pleasers can fall in the trap of doing what is expected of them which is still not fulfilling so whatever you do whether you're motivation is intrinsic or extrinsic, I would recommend that you find that wholeness inside you and really decide what you want for yourself first. Yes, you definitely have to do. I like the idea that you brought up about these high achievers. There are so many people out there that when they do find their dreams, when they do reach those goals that they have, they're not feeling that internal fulfillment. Uh, They're not feeling that void. And that's when you have to really dig deeper to find out what they really want and what their why is why are they doing it are they doing it because they're following those examples that we've had because really a lot of our examples in our life go back to our childhood whether we want to believe that or not usually some of those personality traits started when we were even before the age of consciousness before we were consciously aware and that's why a lot of these things are in our subconscious i talk a lot about the trying brain For those who listen on the podcast, we basically have three brains, right? We have the cerebral cortex, which is the thinking brain. We have the emotional brain underneath that. And underneath that all is what we refer to as the reptile brain. That is the fight or flight part of the brain. What people are astounded about when you say this is all of your decisions are made in that fight or flight part of the brain. They're all made in that deeper part of the brain. And we use that other part, the cerebral cortex, to rationalize why we made those decisions. So if you really want to reach someone's why, you have to go deep enough that it penetrates that internal part of the brain so that you know what your motivation is, why you want to do something. We have to know what we really want, what we truly want. And what we truly want can be right in front of us, and we might not even recognize it until we recognize that we're not going to be able to move forward. We're always going to find the excuses. So I think fear and the transitioning back to our initial topic in following your dreams, not your fears, is I think sometimes fear is an excuse that we use so that we don't have to take that uncomfortable action. This is absolutely true. And thank you so much for reminding our audience that, yes, indeed, unfortunately, so many of our decisions could be made from that state of fight or flight. However, this is one of the reasons we practice self-development and emotional regulation, emotional intelligence, because the more emotional intelligent you become, the higher your self-awareness gets. And this helps. 
And something that I teach my clients, for example, is to practice that conscious detachment from the result and have that space to evaluate, are they following their fear or their intuition? Because how many of us have said, oh, this, my intuition tells me this is not what I want, although this is exactly what you want, and you're creating all of these excuses that it's your intuition, it's not your intuition. Our intuition is, is visceral, it's in the gut, and this is when you, your head may have all of these crazy scenarios about everything going wrong, which again is the fight or flight, and your gut can feel that expansion. So a very good test for people is when you think about the one thing that scares you, Allow your body to tell you, allow you, relax your belly, take a few deep conscious breaths and allow your body to tell you if this is aligned to you, if it feels expansive, if it feels liberating, if it feels good. And then if it feels good, then you start to practice again, conscious awareness around your fears and ask yourself, okay, so what is it that I'm truly afraid of? Afraid of losing money, afraid of wasting time, afraid of losing belonging, afraid of the unknown, afraid of failure, the very common one, afraid of public speaking, even more common, afraid of other people making fun of me, afraid of, and this is actually, let's, let's pause here because the last fear I mentioned here is actually so subtle that most people don't, don't recognize it. And it's actually the most common fear that block people from taking action is not the fear of the unknown, is not the fear of public speaking, is not the fear of, of failure, even though, of course, these fears play a huge part. It is the fear, and this is based on many, many years of, of work as a coach, the fear of not being good enough or worthy of your dreams. Ooh, that's a really deep fear. Mm, very deep fear. And what happens is that a lot of people stay in this wishful land of one day I'm going to do this, one day I'm going to live a toxic marriage, one day I'm going to get fit, one day I'm going to earn more money, one day I'm going to become an entrepreneur. And what this creates in our brain is that, yes, I can dream it, I can dream about it. However, I fear that I'm not going to be able to fulfill it because I don't trust myself or I don't think that I'm worthy. And what people don't realize very often is that that self-worth is really the foundation of our confidence because if you don't feel worthy of success, if you don't feel worthy of a great partner, of a high-value partner, if you don't feel worthy of increasing your fees and living in a, in a state of abundance and prosperity, no amount of information, podcast, coaching, or mentorship is going to help you unless you do what I call belief reconstruction. Ah, now this is where really the rubber meets the road right here. I have talked to so many people that say that they're planning on reaching their goals and they're trying to get there and they keep self-sabotaging themselves because their internal thermostat is set at, say, 70 degrees. And whenever the thermostat goes up past 75, it will self-regulate. It's like one of those, they call it a governor on a motor where it, it will take you back to where you were before. And a lot of that has to do with that fear of not being worthy. So, Anna Maria, when you're working with someone who is going through that, where deep down inside, they don't feel that they're worthy enough, and that is stopping them from taking action or stopping them from crossing over into an abundant life, what do you do? How do you get someone to realize that they are worthy? What a beautiful question. Thank you. And uh, before I answer, this is why it's so important. I don't know how many coaches or entrepreneurs you have in, in your audience. However, this is another reason why there is 
there are clients for every coach because every one of us has a very specific uh, skill set and a very specific way of helping people. And the kind of people that I tend to work with are people who have been wounded in their childhood in one way or another. Um, 95% of my clients have a parent wound they're healing or uh, a trauma that they're going through. Even if that's not the case, although <laughs> I would dare to say that most of us on this planet have some traumatic experience. And as you know, trauma can be lowercase trauma or capital case trauma. Capital case trauma are these very deep traumas that people go through. And lowercase trauma can be as simple as being bullied at school or one of your teachers giving you a bad grade and telling you that you, you suck at writing, whatever. All of, this, all of these experiences shape our mindset and our self-confidence. So to answer your question, the first thing I do with everyone, regardless of our coaching relationship, I go back to their childhood and I help them see patterns. I help them see patterns and to understand that their personality and who they are in their essence are not necessarily the same thing. And to remind our audience how we started this conversation, the power of, of dreaming is rooted in our being. Doesn't matter what happened to you. Doesn't matter if one of your parents told you you, you suck or you're, you're not good enough or the other parent was too demanding of you or maybe you were uh, married to a narcissist or you were dating a manipulator. Whatever happened to you, is irrelevant because in your essence, you're whole and complete. You're made of unconditional love and you're fully capable of dreaming. And when people stop dreaming, it's because they have trapped themselves in the prison of their minds. So the first thing we do is to escape the prison and create a clean state of dreaming. Okay. So we have to get out of that prison. We have to open up that door and walk out so that we can have that clean slate in front of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's interesting that a lot of these patterns, they do come from our childhood, just like we were talking about earlier. So it's being able to identify those things. And that process, I have a feeling that when you work with someone, that is definitely a huge aha breakthrough moment when someone finally realizes what has been holding them back. Yes. Yes, Tony. And it's it's so interesting that I have changed my niches many times and currently I work with people who have done a lot of personal development, including the landmark and Tony Robbins and all these kind of very super high level programs. And the challenge with when I work with people that they're very self-aware or they have already done a lot of personal work and healing is that for many of us, the ego can creep in because we know that we've spent so many years investing in ourselves and we have learned so much. And, and there is this, the, the trap of pride of thinking that you must know everything by now, right? And so when I work with people who are already pretty self-aware and, and have done a lot of personal work, the first thing I help them do at this level, at this high level, is to go back in that acceptance that you are not supposed to know everything, that nobody can see the whole picture while they're standing in the frame, that having moments of triggers, triggers moments of doubts, moments of fears is completely normal. And this is why I flipped the entire script. You can be fierce despite your fears. If we didn't have any fears, we would cross the street and a moving vehicle would push us, right? Because we wouldn't have any instincts. Fear serves a purpose. It's how we interpret fear. It's how we interpret sabotage. It's how we interpret our ability to 
get back after we fall. And most importantly, again, for that high level of calibration to know that regardless of what happens, you are unconditionally loved and accepted by yourself. Now, I'm going to make a little transition again into something because I think we kind of touched on this. And this is really important for people. I think we have intuition and we have bad learning. Some (laughs) of the things in our life happen to us through a result of bad learning. Let me give you an example. So you take a child who their parents only reward them when they get good grades. That child learns that the only way that they're going to be recognized and be good, they're only a good person when they're getting good grades, when they're successful. So that makes them fear having that vulnerability to talk about their mistakes and to talk about their failures, because to them, failure is bad. Failure is a bad thing. And really, failure is a good thing, because the more we fail, the more we learn. So to take someone and to make a statement like I just made, the more we fail, the more we learn, to someone who has learned that, no, no, in order for me to get rewarded, because I was rewarded by my parents and they subconsciously remember this, right? I was only rewarded when I did good. So I have to do good. So failing is bad. And just to be able to get them to break that is so huge. And intuition, and you touched on that again too, regarding fears. We naturally know the things that we should be afraid of and the things that we should gravitate toward. There's a book out that I used to talk about a lot in my former days as an investigator. When I used to teach, I would go in and I would teach people safety in the workplace. And I would go to different companies and I would talk about safety. One of the things I recommended was reading this book called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. And it talks about, have you ever walked into a situation and you just feel that something's not right here, but you ignore it and something bad ends up happening. That is our intuition. But our intuition can also be for good. So sometimes you'll be at a social event and you'll meet people and okay, you know, you'll just say hello and you won't feel any connection. But then there's some people that you meet and you feel this strong connection. You feel this like you're drawn to that person. Have you ever met somebody had a conversation with them? And after like five minutes, you feel like you've known them your entire life. That is all what comes from our intuition. And we need to learn to trust our intuition a lot more than we trust those things that we have developed out of that bad learning. Does that make sense? I love that. And I absolutely love that you're pulling your former investigation skills. I love that. And and this is this is why again to even use your story for everybody who's listening, everything that you have accomplished by this point has been preparing you for your breakthrough. Everything. And it's all about the mindset because, for example, Tony could have easily told himself, oh, I've been an investigator. It's This is what I do. Like, why would I follow my dreams when I'm already comfortable doing whatever, right? And instead he didn't. He followed his dream. He followed his passions. He followed his purpose. And here he is doing what he loves. And this applies to every single person. Don't Assume that you uh, have to have the dream already in front of you to have a purpose. And again, going back to following your your dreams and not your fears, I can guarantee you that only 5% of the clients that I work with 
come to me with a very clear idea what do they want or what is their purpose or what is their dream. Most of my clients come to me telling me, Anna Maria, I want to feel better or I want to feel joyful or I want to feel more confident or I want to find my light again. Whatever it is, they come with that state they want to manifest and they're not really sure where is this state going going to lead them and this is why it's so important again to follow your fear to follow your dreams to follow your vision of what this state is even if you cannot verbalize the dream you can verbalize how you want to feel in the state and again why following our fear can be our most uh, solid motivation <laughs> something that i like to tell my clients is that Following our dreams at the very early stage may not be strong enough for us to overcome the fear and the doubt. Now, when you follow your fear, you are way more likely to self-motivate. Why? Because if you find what is it that you're truly afraid of, that is that is a strong motivation. For example, most people are afraid of dying prematurely because of poor health. Many people are afraid of living life with regrets, being on their deathbed and having regrets. Many people fear that their next relationship is going to resemble their previous dysfunctional relationship. Many people fear that they don't have the money to travel the world or to leave their job, whatever it is. In this case, following your fear can be even stronger motivation because you tell yourself, okay, so if this is what I truly fear, what is the opposite? If I truly fear having regrets when I'm very old, what is the opposite of that? And then allow your brain to brainstorm what is it that you truly want. If you're so afraid of relapsing back to self-sabotage or compulsive behaviors, binge eating, alcohol, whatever it is, ask yourself how do you want to feel instead. So in this sense, you follow following your motivation comes from following your fear. <laughs> it actually is very aligned with what I will do in many of my sessions, especially the first session I have with someone, one of the first questions I always ask is, what do you want to achieve? What do you want out of life? What is your dream? What is your goal? And then after they tell me that, and I get a little bit deeper on that, I transition and I say, what is it that you're trying to avoid? What don't you want to happen in your life? And that is what you just talked about. That is that fear. Like take weight loss and health. Since in January, people are always into starting that new diet uh, regime and trying to go, go back to the gym and everything. What are you trying to avoid? Well, and just like you said, I'm trying to avoid getting prematurely sick. I'm trying to avoid not being able to walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married. I don't want that to happen. So if you find those things that motivate someone, a lot more people in the world are really motivated by those things than they are motivated but with their dreams. Absolutely. This is spot on. And again, it goes back to what we just talked about. Well, let's say that you already have the purpose. You already have the dream. You already know what you want to do this is great. You are in a better position than most people, than 95% of the human population. If you already have the dream, thou then follow the dream. However, for most people, following their fear, as you said, can only strengthen what do they want instead. And to, to summarize everything we discussed so far, to get really deep in that fear. Okay, so if I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle, what else am I afraid of? That I won't be alive to see my grandchildren, that I will have such a high blood pressure that I won't be able to get out of bed and go 
uh, get outside, whatever it is, right? You go that that part of everything that you're afraid of, which sounds so uh, strange for most people, I would expect, because if you go online, almost every article or podcast is telling you, okay, everything you need to do to follow your dreams, which in a way we're doing here today. However, for you to follow your dreams and really stick to it, you have to get super clear on what prevented you from following your dreams in the past in the form of secret self-sabotage, fear, and again, to get super clear on your blind spots. So give me some examples then of some of those blind spots that you find that people are uh, coming across and they're traveling toward their dreams. Oh, wow. Such a great question. Yes, this is a fantastic question because even though I cannot give very specific examples because everyone's blind spot is is individual, there are a couple of, of patterns that I have observed in my practice. And ultimately, the blind spots are tied to what I said earlier, uh, the self-worth concept. So let me give you a few examples. If there is any issue that affects someone's self-worth, this can manifest itself in the form of of a blind spot. Let's say someone keeps attracting emotionally unavailable people and they don't realize that it's it's them they need to change, right? So for example, I like to use names to make it more um, personal and people can relate to that. So let's say Lily, Lily keeps attracting emotionally unavailable people and she doesn't realize that the blind spot that is attracting this type of people is something that happened to her in her childhood. Maybe she was brought up by a single parent maybe one of the parents were absent, whatever it is. This is just one example with relationships. If we go to health, a blind spot that, for for example, Johnny keeps wanting to lose weight and then he gains it back plus some. So the blind spot Johnny has is again, is tied to that reward system. What is the reward system he associates with food and exercise, right? And, And to observe when in the day he has that tendency to let, to relapse. So let's say he starts the morning with the intention to go to the gym and eat healthy and all of that good stuff. And then something happens in the day, maybe it's stress, maybe his boss is mean. What is the trigger that causes him to relapse, right? So this is another example. And the third example I'm going to give with life purpose, career, money. Let's say someone really wants to make more money and every single time they're close to manifesting opportunities to make more money, they second guess themselves and quit. And the blind spot here, and this is something I have seen with clients very often, the blind spot here is that I don't think that I'm worthy of success. If I get more money, I'm going to get visible. I don't like to be visible because maybe I was bullied in my childhood, whatever it is, right? I'm just giving very general examples. It is so important to realize that if there is something you don't have, it's not a matter of willpower to get it. It's a matter of surrender and self-awareness. Surrender and self-awareness. Yeah, definitely. Because we have to surrender to the fact that we have these blind spots and then be willing to take that opportunity to move past them because opportunities come up. And a lot of times we do, we self-sabotage or we will sit and take the time to think about it. You know, in one of my sales training that I do with people to help them make better sales, what is one of the biggest objections that people give you? Most of the time, it's that objection. I need more time to think about it. So what I usually do is, and this comes from my NLP background, is a pattern interrupt. I'll say, you know, I understand that, but let me ask you a question. Have you ever taken the time to think about something and ended up making a really bad decision anyway? And it kind of breaks their pattern because they're using that. I need more time to think about it. Almost everyone 
has had that experience, right? Where you take the time to think it over. And then the more you think it over, the worse your decision is. So again, I use that in the context of sales, getting people to make that decision right away. But for the most part, it is something that we naturally do. We use that as an excuse. And the more we can pinpoint why we're giving those excuses in our life and remove those excuses that aren't serving us anymore, the more we can take that step to move forward and to go after the things we really want. Absolutely. I love that. And and pattern interrupt is exactly what we do to uncover these blind spots. And a question that I ask my clients in our calls, and by the way, I've had a 100% yes rate in the past six months. And it is because I work with people that already know what they want, which is, again, it's so important. You have to get super clear on what you want. The question that I ask myself it is inevitable for all of us. Every single person doesn't want to waste money or or even worse, waste our time because our time is our most valuable asset, as we all know. So it, it makes total sense to have a little bit of skepticism and to need some reassurance that you're making a, a good investment. So something that I like to ask my future clients is, what if the opposite was true? What if this is your best investment? And, and what I do, I actually ask them to tell me using their own language, what could happen if they follow their dreams instead of their fear? And of course, by giving their own words to you and expressing that, you're basically getting them to talk themselves into the reasons why they want to do something. But that's for a good thing, because I truly believe that coaching, one of the reasons is one of the most upcoming and most successful type of business to be in in the world right now is because so many people truly need coaching. The example that I like to give is how many books have you read or seen out there on how to get rich, how to lose weight, or how to find your ideal partner? We've got millions of books out there. So why aren't there a lot of super skinny rich people walking around with the person of their dreams. <laughs> That's because they have not crossed the barrier from information to implementation. They're just getting the information from the book. Well, most of those books, they end up sitting on a shelf. They're not even, they don't even read the whole book anyway. How many books, you know, if you ask them, did you read the whole book? I teach the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I've taught that a few times in some classes. And one of the things I'll say is, People will say, well, I read the book. It didn't really do anything for me. And the question I ask is, did you do the exercises in the book? And they'll say, what exercises? <laughs> or, you know, and there's plenty of them in there. So it's implementing. And that's exactly what people like you and I do. We help people to implement those things by holding them accountable and for helping them to find those blind spots and to helping them find what truly resonates with them, what those dreams are so that they can push aside their fears and move forward confidently in the direction of their dreams. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Tony, for saying that, because I truly believe that there is infinite abundance of every resource and I really believe in collaboration. And, and this is one of the reasons I decided to do this interview because you you are an authentic person. I don't know how many people have seen your Facebook from the podcast. You exude someone that is very comfortable doing his own thing in the world and creating impact. And for me, impact is, are you helping at least one person? I feel like so many people are get fixated on, on numbers and, and vanity metrics. Are you helping one person? 
And if you if you're not, this one person can be you. You can start by helping yourself, by changing yourself, because there is this pendulum effect in the in the universe, in the world. By changing yourself, you become kinder, more compassionate, more interested in people, more willing to understand different perspectives, more genuinely happy for other people's success, more supportive of other people's dreams because you have already accomplished your dreams. By changing ourselves, we change the world. By changing ourselves, we change the world. That is such, such beautiful advice, Anna Maria. I really love that. One of the things that I'll tell people to do, two things, actually. One is when you look in the mirror, do you find that you're truly in love with that person in the mirror? Try this for 10 days. Get up in the morning, walk in your bathroom or wherever your first mirror that you see is. Look in the mirror, put a smile on your face and say, I love you and insert your first name and do that for 10 days. And if you really start to believe that, that will make a huge difference. And the second thing is go out and do one kind, nice thing for someone else. Buy somebody a cup of coffee. Maybe let that person in front of you in traffic that you normally wouldn't. Do something nice for somebody. And those two things, if you start doing those things on a regular basis, they will truly change your life. So beautiful. I love this advice. And and this touches on a more spiritual aspect of manifestation. And that's the attitude of gratitude. And even though a lot of people talk about gratitude to you now, unfortunately, almost be a cliche, there is so much wisdom in gratitude and genuine gratitude, not just saying, oh, yeah, I'm thankful, like genuinely feeling that energy, genuinely waking up and looking around in your home and being genuinely appreciative of having warm water, having a cozy bed, having healthy foods to eat, having a healthy body, having all of these things that we sometimes take for granted. And when you operate from this place of, oh my gosh, I received a payment today. doesn't matter if it was $5 or 50,000. Be grateful. Yeah, I received money today. I'm so grateful. I'm going to receive more. Oh, I, I feel so good about myself today. I'm going to feel even better. Oh, I'm so grateful that I had a negative thought and I was able to let it go. Whatever it is, be genuine, be realistic about what is going on. This is very important. We don't want to create that illusion that all of us have everything figured out every single day because that's not the reality. It's not sustainable. It's not even something that I would, I personally think we actually want. If we were happy 100% of the time every single day, how would we appreciate getting better? How would we appreciate getting a hat in life? How would we appreciate the things that we have? Having these moments of doubt and fear and, and sadness actually help, help us to appreciate when things are going really well for us. And the more we focus on what is going well, the easier it is to overcome the things that are not going well. That is so true. I love the word appreciate because it really has two meanings. The first meaning is to be grateful for something. When you appreciate something, you appreciate someone or something in our life. But the other thing that it means, if you buy a house and the value goes up, it's said that the house has appreciated. What I like to tell people is when you appreciate your life, your life will begin to appreciate. 
I absolutely love that. Such a beautiful take on that. I am a huge in appreciation. Uh, my primary love language in general is words of affirmations. And I love appreciating the people in my life verbally and non-verbally, of course, with my presence, which is even more important. Words are meaningless unless they come with substance. So it's not, it's not just about telling someone I appreciate you. It's about holding space for them, being an active listener, looking in their eyes with approval. And most importantly, Again, to go back to what I said, be happy for people, be happy for their success. And, and this is something that I tell my clients, the more you win, the more I win versus the opposite. I feel like in America, because this is an Anglo-Saxon, more individualistic culture and society, people are so fixated on their wins. And the truth is that we win in bigger a magnitude when we win together in a community, when we win with other people, when we know that the other people in our lives are winning too because of our impact, because of our contribution. And again, going back to what you said, which is such a beautiful imagery that the more we appreciate our lives, the more our lives appreciate. And this is really the currency of, of love, the currency of gratitude, the currency of allowance for miracles and serendipitous moments and guidance to come to you. Absolutely. I don't think I could have said that any better. What I really appreciate today, and I hope that those listening appreciate it, is all these great nuggets that you've thrown. They're golden nuggets that we've laced all through this entire program. So Anna Maria, I really appreciate the fact that we had this conversation today. And I'm just going to ask if anyone out there wants to reach out to you, how would they do that? Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate that. I'm having such a great time and you're such a great conventionalist and speaker and, and listener. It's such a delight. If people want to learn more about me, they can follow me on my social media. I'm huge on giving back. I post free content that I designed myself even at this point on my Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my website is lunavoda.com. And for those of you who are not Bulgarian, <laughs> I am Bulgarian by origin. Luna Voda in my native language means moon water. And the name of my company represents this energetic energy between the healing power of water as a divine feminine energy and the moon. And what the moon does is that it illuminates the path of the hero while the hero ventures into the unknown, conquers their fears and becomes the superpower of their lives. Becoming the superpower in your life. And that's a great way to start the new year. So I'm going to end by asking you the question that I ask every guest, and that is simply this. What does being purposely positive mean to you? What does purposely positive mean to me? It means to have that intention to become the better, the better version of yourself so that you can eventually become the best version of yourself and to base your choices and your behaviors and your beliefs around the person that you are going to be proud of one day when you're very old. The person you're going to be proud of one day when you're very old. And that's exactly what it should be. You should be able to turn around from that day in the future and look back on the growth that you've made, the impact you've made in other people's lives, as well as your own life. And think of today as the start of all of that. And Maria, this has been a great discussion and we'll definitely have to have you back sometime soon. And I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. And I wish everybody a very successful year. A 
And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you may be out there wondering, how can I pursue my dreams? What road, what path do I have to take? You can download a free resource at TonyWCoaching.com. It's an ebook, Strive to Thrive. Download it, and it will help you move in the direction of a purposely positive life.